Hello and welcome to Alifant's Motorcycle Club. I'm one of your hosts, Drew. And I'm your other host, Matthew. Drew. <laughs> I just called you Drew. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. We Christ, can't stop. Okay. We can't re record again. This is just going to be in the show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, how you doing this week? I'm doing good. Um, I'd be doing better if I had a competent uh, co-host <laughs> for my show, but yeah, no, but yeah, it, I'm sure you hey, would. Hey, folks, folks, in all seriousness, no, I, I'm doing good. I um, I wanted to talk about just a little bit up top before we get into Lord of the Rings. Um, Drew, do you, have you been have you been watching this new Beatles documentary on uh, Disney Plus? That, no, I watched not a sponsor. The, I watched the Leonard Skinner documentary from that was on oh, Netflix, true. but. Yeah, that, I, I have an aversion, I think, to um, watching things that people tell me to watch. Hey, um, we, we have long known this. I think you avoided Kendrick Lamar for, for years, right? Just because yeah, that's he was popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think you, I think you have the same thing that Melody has, which is an individuality complex. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> I, I no, hate, I, no hate, no <laughs> hate. I, it's not, because it's not even a, like, I'm disinterested in, like, enjoying this thing because people are telling me to. It's just, like, it, I feel like people telling me to, like, watch something or listen to something, the more times I get told that, it pushes it further down the queue, Mm. is, I guess, like, the best way that I could put, like, what's happening inside my head. When that kind of stuff happens. I so just, similarly, I still have a watch Squid Game. It's December. Mm, gotcha. I I I think December sixth for the record keepers. <laughs> for me, for me, I think some of it is just literally it just being another person telling me to do it or recommending it to me. Mm. Um, because I do enjoy. I know I was dogging on you and Melody, but I do enjoy being. <laughs> Or at least get getting the feeling of discovering something, quote unquote. Yeah. Um for my for myself. Yeah. Um but Drew, you know what I would say? Hey, that's an imperialist mindset. Free mm. yourself from it. <laughs> Just enjoy what you enjoy. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm not even joking. Well, no, I'm sure I would um, enjoy like the Beatles documentary, for example. I just it's not about whether or not I'd like it. It's just it makes it significantly less likely that I'll be inclined to try it (laughs) gotcha which is probably yeah there's there's probably something to unpack there but who even knows what it is (laughs) well it was really really good um so i did you always have isn't it like several like eight hours long or something it is either right at or over eight hours long but i mean the number one thing i mean i am no beatles hater um Mm -hmm. I think people are stretching to say they're overrated just because they're so, <laughs> yeah. Like they, I mean, they do kind of they're mark the turning point. Yeah, they they kind of mark the turning point between like fifties era pop and modern, almost like avant garde pop. Mm-hmm. Um, so just say that to say, I I really admire them as artists. And I've always, you know, known about them. Like we always had. I mean, we had a copy of Sgt. Pepper's on CD when I was little, and so I listened to pretty much every last bit of that. But I knew almost nothing about 
like the final the quote-unquote like final days of the beatles mm-hmm. um and it was I really interesting to watch concert yeah on the on the roof of uh apple in i guess that was is it liverpool or london apple? who knows we're not a brit pod folks <laughs> yeah the, you know steve jobs he was <laughs> he actually did music production before <laughs> he made phones whoa at, or computers that's crazy um, maybe i should watch this documentary that's what I'm saying, but <laughs> but it was just it was really uh, aside from just seeing the Beatles come up with music in real time, which was really neat. Um, it just sparked something in me in terms of getting really good at guitar. Mm-hmm. I because I've been I've had a, a decent acoustic guitar for a few months now, um, and I've just been you know learning a few things here and there, mostly mm-hmm. like country like finger picking Mm -hmm. but really getting into audio production you know not to mention working on the podcast and doing Mm -hmm. a lot of the editing yeah it just man i have got an itch to keep (laughs) doing sound production yeah we'll see where this goes but yeah um it was just really cool to see like a lot of the analog solutions to things that are Mm -hmm. so much easier to fix like i'm even just thinking about the like the DAWs that we use to edit the pod. Like there's yeah. there's so much stuff that you can like you can compress at the snap of a finger <laughs> any audio that you record. It was like you basically had physical tape that you had to go in and like use <laughs> what's it called? Like a razor to fix it. Yeah. Um if there was ever any issues with splicing or anything. I don't know. My my biggest takeaway is I should, even I, if I you should are, also say Matthew knows significantly more about how to do that stuff than I do. So you'll be able to tell when it's a, a Drew edited pod versus a Matthew edited <laughs> pod. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I from what I've listened to of the first episode, which Drew edited, it sounded really good. Um so hey, maybe maybe the uh the Padawan sh- has become the master. <laughs> We should also say this is the first episode we are recording, like, having released any episodes. So everything that you heard in the first, I want to say, six episodes? How many episodes have we recorded? So this is episode eight. We've done seven prior to this one. So whatever you heard in the first seven episodes is sort of Oliphant's Motorcycle Club in a vacuum. (laughs) prior to yeah. any sort of feedback whatsoever. And even still, we haven't... This is So it's December 6th um, that we're recording this. And so we have very limited feedback still. Um, just thought I'd throw that bit of information out there. Yeah, um, leave, a, leave a review. Yeah, that's I, what I was about to I say. Encourage, I've encouraged everyone in my life that has listened to the pod to leave a one-star review just for shits and giggles. <laughs> um, hey... All feedback's good feedback. It's kind of like news. <laughs> Except for when you leave a review, don't do a one-star one. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> do a five-star, even if you hate it. Yeah. It's only the people that we love it's that are immediately in our lives. When, if you don't like the podcast, just think of it as opposite <laughs> day. <laughs> That's right. Um, but enough about, hey, hey, this is a lot of inside baseball, folks. <laughs> you don't need to know about the inner machinations of podcast production and release. <laughs> We're, We're here talking to talk about, about daily thing, live stuff. The Beatles. That's right. 
Yeah, this is this is no longer a Lord of the Rings pod. It's a Beatles pod for those of you who are unengaged. I will say this last oh. thing um, about the the documentary. <laughs> I <laughs> I've done some soul searching after watching. So uh, Paul McCartney and I have very similar dispositions, which basically just means we're control freaks. <laughs> um, <laughs> watching him Love piss off George Harrison. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Watching Paul piss off George Harrison at every turn about creative direction for the <laughs> album and the songs. Um, I'm I'm kind of looking inward these days, Drew, <laughs> so don't ever let me uh, don't ever let me break up the Beatles. It, the Beatles, <laughs> in this case, being Ollie Fott's Motorcycle Club. OK. Yeah. Do you, would you <laughs> say that I'm more of a George? Um, You struck me more of more as like a uh, I don't know. You're you're passive, but you like having input in things. I would mm. say, I'd say you're more of a John, a John Lennon. Hmm. Interesting. You're always wearing those those uh those circular glasses <laughs> ev- everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a nice look, you know. And you know, <laughs> if uh, you can if you can get Elena to really uh, sit in on a lot of episodes, she could kind of be uh, an, an analogy to Yoko. I, mm. I won't complain. Keep that in the back pocket. Write in if you want Elena <laughs> to be the Yoko of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough about Get Back. Um, what's been going on down there in Savannah? Not a whole lot, honestly. I mean, I'm just just working and cooking. I made a low country boil type thing last night for me and Elena. That was pretty good. Ooh, um, it nice. was. It was. An idea born out of the fact that I bought 10 pounds of potatoes for $2 at Kroger. And so I have a whole <laughs> lot of potatoes. <laughs> well, you know what they say, Drew. Necessity is the mother of invention. Um, but I just sort of, like, invented my own version of that, like, classic recipe. So we, like, just That age-old recipe. <laughs> you know. No, I, um, it was, so it was, like, potatoes and corn and zucchini because we had a zucchini we needed to get Mm. rid of and onion and a whole bunch of bay leaves and a whole bunch of stuff from the spice cabinet and then we had some fried fish to go with it fish from the fishing trip which i believe is a story i told on the podcast that may have gotten deleted it did. That said, I actually some more inside baseball, y'all. Sorry, <laughs> we're, we, I promise we are actually going to discuss chapter hey, seven and long time eight. Long time listeners of the ring. that maybe remember episode three. That uh, intro you heard in that episode was also recorded tonight. So, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say <laughs> is that uh, we actually touched on the fact that that along with. Um, our our kind of a uh, discussion of the the biscuits that Melody made for it, those cheddar and scallion biscuits mm-hmm. that got um that 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 was brought up in our re-recorded intro. So fear not, Drew. Cool. Not cool, all cool, is cool. lost. Um, well, yeah, maybe I was gonna maybe ask, though, maybe when we have a Patreon, we'll we'll release a a lost tapes of not really the lost tapes, but like just me tell finally telling that fable fishing story. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually um, had a bit about <laughs> us not releasing like a B-side <laughs> anthology of the podcast um, in the thing that we just recorded. 
<laughs> Folks, we, we are getting way too in the weeds. Why don't we go ahead and just kick it over to some Lord of the Rings talk? Because I, I think we're just going to keep talking about <laughs> things that nobody else cares or needs to hear about otherwise. Yeah, that's, prob- that's probably fair. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to be perfectly honest. It has been... Over a week since I read both of these chapters, so I'm going to be leaning on you as far as um, sort of just what happened. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely remember a very general sense. Um, actually, maybe it would be a good idea for me to try to work out what I remember. <laughs> well, tell you what. Why, first, let's just talk, you know mostly for the listener's sake, about kind of the the plot leading up to what we're about to discuss. So Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin, they have set off. They've crossed the, the ferry over, I believe it's the Brandywine River. Oh, okay. I remember um, the chapter right before the one that we're about to start talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they cross the river. Yep. They're... Making their mushrooms. way down the road. Yeah, they got the mushrooms. Mary and um, Pippin and are like revealed that they are like that they've known the whole time basically Frodo's goals and they're like, Yeah, we're going with you because we're your friends. And then they got messed up by a tree, but saved by Tom Bob yes. still. Yes. So they in order to stay off the main path and avoid detection by the black riders mostly um, they decided to cut through the old forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like you said, is when they are nearly swallowed up by a bunch of trees and then mm-hmm. saved by Tom Bombadillo. Um, <laughs> so we are now in Chapter 7 in the house of Tom Bombadil. So they, they have... Yeah. been rescued and they are at his humble abode as it were. This is one of those um, like Tolkien chapters that are like you're just in a really comfortable place and good yeah. stuff is happening to you. <laughs> that said, if you're having to read for a podcast, it is frustrating that so little <laughs> happens in the span of about 15 pages, but I digress. Yeah. I digress. But it's like um it's still it's it I, you can tell that, like, it seems like this, I feel like, that partially, like, lent the fantasy genre to, like, have things like RPGs in particular to come by. Because it's, like, I mean, you know, each chapter is, like, its own setting most of the time where it's, like, and it typically right. just alters between good and bad circumstances. Um, But it, like, just creates this, like... I mean, obviously, it's a story about like a journey, so it's that's what th- that's the tone that Tolkien was trying to set was that it it feels like that, but I don't know. It's I always like this is the type of setting that I would look forward to in like an early version of a game like Skyrim, like an early point in the sure. story, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, granted, a- as annoying as it can be that it's just like description of like six straight meals in a row, <laughs> it is. Hey, we're this is a world building pod. Yeah, we love some good uh, hey. just fleshing out of like the songs that they're singing yeah. and like oh the meals God. that they're There's eating. And 
There um, are indeed some songs. And it's like it there will he'll spend like a page where it's like just talking about like how comfortable Frodo and the gang are and how they just drift between wake <laughs> and sleep like while sitting by yes. the fire and sipping mugs of drink. <laughs> well, let's let's get into the actual story. I've got a one last inside baseball thing and then we'll get into it in earnest. I take really really <laughs> descriptive and detailed notes. Um Drew on the other hand, no hate, but you definitely do some more uh just kind of like a, a overarching framework for whatever we read. Yeah, I I am currently looking at notes that I made in the iBook of Fellowship of the Ring on the same phone that I'm calling Matthew on. Um <laughs> So bear with us, folks. Um, but um, I, I'm, I'll am i kind of give the general plot kind of swat, because I don't mark down a whole lot of minute details. Um, so anyways, Chapter 7 in the House of Tom Bombadil. Uh, they, the Frodo and the gang enter Tom's house and talk to Lady Goldberry, mm-hmm. who is, what would you, is it Tom's like, is it his wife? Is it just his life partner? What are we dealing with here? <laughs> he seems like he's progressive enough to where he'd probably just <laughs> say partner, but <laughs> yeah, I they're it's at the very least a common law marriage, I would say. They're like an old hippie couple in the sen- in that sense, mm-hmm. I feel like. Where it's like, yeah, we just never got around to it, but you know, everybody gets it. And um the 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 hobbits are they're quite impressed with Lady Goldberry. Enough mm-hmm. so that there's apparently a a bit of figurative language inherent to <laughs> Wait, the universe of Fellowship of the Ring. So uh, and like it's easy to just look this over, but it struck me. Um, it, this is from page uh, 121, uh, like the very first page of the chapter. Mm-hmm. They came a few timid steps further into the room and began to bow low, feeling strangely surprised and awkward, like folk. Folk that knocking at a cottage door to beg for a drink of water have been answered by a fair young elf queen clad in living flowers. So apparently, this is something that happens often enough that there's like a a simile based on it. <laughs> you know how it is. You're just you're going around. You're you're asking for flour, water, whatever, and a buxom young elf queen comes out. That's pretty sweet. So is um, I feel like I was confused while I was reading the whole time about if she was if Lady Goldberry was an elf. I believe she is an elf because, as as we'll see later, she actually. I think it's just the fact that her Frodo name is like friend of the elves. Yeah, he yeah, I actually marked that that he calls he calls him elf friend. Yes. Um. So I I think she's elven it's just interesting or elf. Because her name is like not like an elvish name. You know, like it's yeah, not like it's Legolas a... or Galadriel, where it the meaning of the that word you know it like goldberry is obviously derived from english which we know in the context of lord of the rings means it's actually a word derived from the language of rohan Mm. and so it's like it's interesting that her name has some kind of like rohan cognate to goldberry as opposed to just being borrowed directly from elvish right yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe after we hop off the pod, we can 
do do a deeper dive on yeah. Lady Goldberry. Folks, we're sorry that we didn't do that before. <laughs> we can't do that for every character or this show would literally last <laughs> three hours every episode. Um, but for now, just take our word for it. She She's a hottie. She's living with Tom Bombadil in the forest. Yeah. Seems like they got a good thing going. Um, so they come in. Tom is, you know, just being very he's he's being an immaculate host he he offers for them to come wash up in his penthouse <laughs> before <laughs> before they eat supper and go to bed um so but like in this time he reveals to them that he only chanced upon them uh while he was gathering water lilies for mm-hmm. lady goldberry oh yeah but but that he had actually heard about their journey which is like at this point the other hobbits yeah. besides Frodo know about it. Tom Bombadil knows about it. Who doesn't know at this point? Yeah. I'm surprised that Sauron has not just murked these guys in their tracks yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. But they're they're going to bed after a good meal. <laughs> Frodo is talking with Tom Bombadil just about, you know, kind of who he is and where they are in the old forest. Um but Pippin and Mary, they just want to sleep. They tell Frodo basically to just shut the hell up <laughs> so they can go to bed. Um, so they, they drift off to sleep. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Frodo, as he's kind of halfway between dream and waking, he has this kind of like quasi-vision um, of some you know unknown figure being taken from a top of a large tower by an eagle. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think this Frodo guy might be cybernetic. <laughs> he knows all about things that are to come in the story. <laughs> um, for those of you who have seen the movies, this is obviously him having a vision about Gandalf later on in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pick up on that. We'll I was get... also kind of falling asleep during this chapter, which is going to be another Good common theme through. about my readings with, from this. It's because <laughs> I've tried. I always read it like in bed at the end of the day. <laughs> See, you got to treat this like it's for a college class or something, Drew. Taking notes with one hand, reading with the other. Nah. Cup of coffee. Can't the listeners that. demand excellence from us, <laughs> Drew. I, I I don't know if this is going to cut it. We might have to get a replacement co-host. Well, I'd like to see you try, Matthew. <laughs> I built this uh, podcasting empire. <laughs> I brought it into this world. And I'm about to take you out. Too. <laughs> um, I got a question to you. I got a question for you about Tom Bombadil. Go for it. If you were to cast him with a Hollywood actor, who do you think you would you would get to play Tom Bombadil? See, this is depressing because just off the cuff, I would say no question, uh, Robin Williams would be excellent oh. for such a like a jolly character. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. So that being said, gosh, I don't know. Maybe a Chris Pratt, you know, he's real good in everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love their uh, their values. So, <laughs> you know, I would love to see them in Tolkien. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson can, can play Goldberry. Yeah. Hey, write, write this down, Amazon. Are they still <laughs> making that? I hope I think I, so. Like I don't know. I I guess I hope so, but I don't know. 
for the uninitiated, you're, we're talking about a is it a mini series? I think it was. It may have been a plan to be a mini series. I thought it was planned to be a regular series though. Hmm. But like, yeah. but it's covering like the is it this like the Lord of the Rings story prior to the events of the Lord of the Rings? Um, I have no idea honestly. I kind of thought it might have been based off of like. It could be like an anthology series now that I think about it. Amazon, I feel like, does a lot of those. And it mm. would just be like based off of like tales of like the like unfinished stories and stuff like that um, that Tolkien also wrote. Because he has other works that are like. And then like there could be one or two stories from the Silmarillion and stuff like that, you know? That seems like a pretty realistic way for them to go about making that. But honestly, I'm just talking out of my ass. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as long as old man Bezos is is over the project, no 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 harm can be done, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what he would have to say about any uh, anything <laughs> creatively. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's pretty much unequivocally a force for good in this world, so yeah, I, I can only you know, imagine he, that he's, he, he he's a real life handling Frodo Baggins. I would say so, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, if you're listening, you're you're the Frodo the official Frodo of uh, <laughs> Oliphant's Motorcycle Club. <laughs> so we got Jeff playing Frodo. I wrote Christopher Lloyd playing Tom Bombadil. I don't there. So there's one line that like I don't know why it reminded me of Christopher Lloyd, but it I I can't tell you what page it is. I can tell you what page it is on the iBook, but I, there's different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but it says Tom clapped his head, hands and cried, "Tom, Tom, your guests are tired." And I don't know. That just seems like a like a good Christopher Lord, Lloyd line. I think he'd do a good job, or at least like Back to the Future era Christopher Lloyd. Isn't he like old now? So <laughs> I guess he'd have to be. <laughs> he is an old person. He's been around the block a couple <laughs> of times. But theoretically, if we obtained oh, I don't know, some sort of time travel device, we could probably go back and get Back to the Future era Christopher Lloyd. Hey. I'm just spitballing here, but maybe like a DeLorean <laughs> that converted into a time travel machine? That That's so crazy. I think it just might work, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get, let's, it, it seems like you had an extended amount of time to block out who would play all of the characters <laughs> in your reimagined. Uh, I, I, honestly, I'd probably just use the regular Hollywood cast for the rest of the people. <laughs> They're pretty good, and they're That's definitely fine. who I'm still picturing while reading this. I've tried to oh, actively yeah, like picture Frodo as older than Elijah Wood, and it's hard. Yeah, it's like imagine if imagine if Frodo was played by like Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I really just picture like o- almost like a young version of Bilbo from Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. like the movie. That's probably just like pretty brown accurate. hair instead of white. Yeah, or like Martin Freeman, but like without all of his like orange hobbit hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we've dispensed with um, who who we'd like to see <laughs> in an additional adaptation to film of the Lord of the Rings, let, let's keep talking. Uh, <laughs> in the house of Tom Bombadil, people. So they wake up the next morning after Frodo's had this vision in his sleep. I think they're initially going to set out, but the weather's not great. Yeah, they're just like, I'm not feeling it. Let's stay another day. <laughs> and I get it. I would stay there, too. It seems like they're getting a lot of free food, and like, it's just really cozy. <laughs> oh, it says, okay, this is um, 
So I don't really remember the order that things happen in, as I will, as you will recall, listener. Um, so I'm not sure where this is, but it mentions the fact that they eat beans, and <laughs> that just stuck out to you. It did because that's not a that's not an old world crop, similar to potatoes and cherry tomatoes, both of which are featured at least in the movies. Well, Drew, are you are you familiar with the concept of suspension of disbelief? No, I'm just saying, like, so <laughs> it's not exactly medieval Europe, like we've been sort of been saying, you know? I don't know. It's I just thought there. that was interesting, you know? So it's, like, kind of... Uh, I, I think the idea of, like, colonial-era fantasy, which that's not what this is either, but I feel like some aspects of, like, the technology of the Shire um, are more reminiscent of later time periods than exactly medieval or like the the middle ages all those schooners they're always sailing <laughs> around <laughs> and so like it's just i don't know i because i think that that's interesting i think it's interesting that there's these like these examples of like something uh, an innovation that occurred in the uh, later than the middle ages era in europe i mm. guess for sure. Well, they while they're in the house of Tom Bombadil, just kind of chilling on their what what appears to be a day off for them. They're they're mostly just listening to Tom wax poetic. Um, he talks about the the trees that kind of were trying to somewhere between trap and eat them. It's still unclear <laughs> um, that he rescued them from. But he just talks about being around basically since the dawn of time. Drew, yeah. do you think? Tom Bombadil might be God. <laughs> I imagine that that idea has been thrown out there before. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I will admit, I read a little bit on the Lord of the Rings wiki yeah. about him. And it sounds like he might. I don't. It's unclear whether he is like an archangel, but he's definitely been around longer than any of like most of the races mm-hmm. other than like the wizards basically yeah so just a hey just a real kooky character this guy <laughs> but this is this is where it starts to get really intriguing in this chapter so yet another meal they're eating supper and talk eventually turns to the ring of power mm-hmm. frodo actually brings it out and shows it to oh, yeah. tom bombadil i forgot about this that was crazy and he's just acting like a damn idiot, just messing around, and he's throwing it up in the air like he's some kind of court jester. <laughs> Hacky sacking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mighty, mighty boss stones are playing. <laughs> yeah. No pizza. There's a lot of checkerboard in his house, as it turns out. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, so um, as it turns out, uh, you know, Tom Bombadil is really into ska, you know, cool guy. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the big thing that's elucidated here is that when he puts the ring, puts on the ring, I should say, sorry, he doesn't gain invisibility. He's still, he's still, you know, appearing before them. Yeah. So Frodo, obviously, being the ring bearer, freaks out and puts it on just to make sure that it's still the right ring, like he didn't do a bait and switch. What if he got all the way to Mount Doom after leaving and found out that, like, Tom had switched (laughs) the ring somehow? Damn it. They have to go all the way back to the old forest. And Tom's like, oh, gotcha, shit, sorry. <laughs> okay, but also, like, Tom didn't seem like he could get corrupted by the ring, so just 
you know, some people are eagle truthers. I'm a Tom Bombadil should have brought the ring himself to Mount Doom truther. <laughs> That's, I have been saying this. <laughs> Not only because it doesn't seem to, like, hold any sway over him, but also... He's got such a cool outfit, blue yeah. with yellow boots. It seems like he Feather probably has the ability to, to fast travel in some way. He probably, like, lives his life as a, like, Skyrim character. <laughs> he just, like, that. his <laughs> powers are just that he has, like, a menu that he can open and stuff. He's got all Daedric armor. He's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and so he could probably just, that's just, like, how his magic is categorized, I think. You know, it's you, you got your classic, your your fire wizards like Gandalf, and you have your video game character wizards like Tom Bombadil. Well, you heard it here first, folks. We are Tom Bombadil truthers. <laughs> Metaphor for God? Possibly. Metaphor for Skyrim? Also possibly. <laughs> well, at any rate, that's about as far as it gets in Chapter 7. Basically, Tom, after this whole debacle with the ring, he is just giving them advice to avoid the Barrow Downs when they actually set out in earnest the next day. Yeah. I will say before we move on to Chapter 8, so it says, I think it's just at some point when uh, Tom is talking about the trees and stuff, and he says, gnawing, biting, breaking, hacking, burning. Uh, Oh, no, he's talking about people, I think. And how they like mess with the trees, and I'm pretty sure doesn't Treebeard use that line in the second movie? If it's not that one, it's a variation. I had I had a similar thought. I think he does, and it's like he, but he's talking in reference to the orcs that like burnt down Fangorn Forest. Whereas in this case, it's the hobbits actually destroying the old forest, or at least yeah. parts of it. Yeah. Hey, why can't? Why can't the hobbits and the trees just get along? <laughs> they could really use some good vibes, I think, some like hippie mentality. <laughs> I feel like the just need to hug the trees. These ints just have some kind of like carnivorous relationship with hobbits that just isn't elaborated <laughs> on. <laughs> They're sort of like pitcher yeah. plants, but it's these willow trees that are just swallowing them up. <laughs> you go to lay down on their roots, and next thing you know, you're you're a, <laughs> uh, what's it called? You're an int too. Int too. Is that is that how it works? <laughs> like we we speculated last episode about what happens if you get killed by one of these yeah. ants. Do you get absorbed as food, or are you just <laughs> suffocated? Do you turn into one of them? Do you what just happens? rot in the? Because it's like a plant's vascular tissue is not built to absorb a uh, what's assen- essentially just a sh- a short person. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew again. I think this might be a situation where we might just need to suspend disbelief. Nah. Maybe next week we'll figure out the deal with ints. Hey. <laughs> or if you, dear listener, know anything about it, drop a review. <laughs> and in the review, copy and paste anything that you find from the web. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon for our second series. Hey, what's the deal with ints? <laughs> ints. What to know? <laughs> Well, that brings us to Chapter 8, entitled Fog on the Barrow Downs. A bit of trivia about the title of this chapter, Fog on the Barrow Downs. This is actually 
And this is true. You can look it up. This is the inspiration for Deep Purple's song, Smoke on the Water, the title. Oh, <laughs> really? So, yeah. What are... I I wondered the entire time I was reading this. What are Barrow Downs? Are what's the noun there? Is down or Barrow the noun? Unclear. <laughs> I think it seems like it's like it. Even if this isn't the name of this particular region, it seems like it's in a part of Middle Earth that is like a Piedmont kind of region of like yeah. transitionary between mountains and plains. Because I know that it mentioned that, uh, wait, where is it? So it says, eastwards the barrow down rose, ridge behind ridge into the morning. And so it's like the the ge- geological formation, geographical formation? Who knows? If it's rocks, either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the geological formation is like sloping eastward is basically what it says. Mm. But I still have no idea anything else about this, like like why it's called that specifically. I th- Okay, so to, to go back a little bit, it sounds like Barrow is the name of whatever the area is, mm-hmm. and Barrow Downs, because they're going through basically a really long valley. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this is just implying like Barrow Downs is like where the earth kind of like mm-hmm. is you know, like not mm-hmm. sunken in, but like it kind of goes down a little bit. But maybe, maybe we got some geographers in the chat that can uh, <laughs> that can help us on this one. Or geologists. Hey, geologists and <laughs> geographers, geologists. battle it out in the comments section. <laughs> Please, I I am I am begging. <laughs> I want an epic rap battle style uh, <laughs> war between those two listener types, which we have both in spades. So we got a few to spare, honestly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the important thing is that they they are setting off from Tom Bombadil's house, and they're supposed to avoid the Barrow Downs as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So true. In their quest to get back to the main road. So they they wake up the next morning. They eat like what I can only assume is like seven to twenty three meals before they leave because they're <laughs> Definitely hobbits. Definitely like four thousand calories. <laughs> Easily, they're eating. They've actually developed MREs long before the American <laughs> military, um, and they're eating like straight up six to ten of those. They're like the vegetarian ones are honestly pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, they got like Skittles or M and M's sometimes. <laughs> you don't get those in the the non vegetarian option. <laughs> but they eat and then they they depart. And this was the funniest thing in the world to me. They get like what in the book seems like no more than like fifteen to thirty steps outside of Tom Bombadil's house, mm-hmm. and Frodo almost pisses himself <laughs> when he realizes that they didn't say goodbye to Lady Goldberry. <laughs> Drew, we've we've got a certified simp in the chat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he tried to. I saw him. He tried to take a feet pick before they left, <laughs> but his flash went off. Ooh, yeah. He's by, he he. You should have heard the sa- the song he sang when he was gathering some of her bath water. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> these these hobbits are down bad for Lady Goldberry. <laughs> I think. Um. But she, you know, hey, folks, 
we we have fun we have fun but in all seriousness <laughs> um she 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 appears before them like right after frodo kind of has this realization to bid them farewell and kind of point them in the right direction frodo hey frodo you know all this all this simp simping aside <laughs> he's a true gentleman he j- he simply bows before her <laughs> takes off his fedora <laughs> yeah you know you know my lady and, and whatnot but they're 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 working their way through the valley and like these these pretty heavily forested area mm-hmm. um around midday they make a stop in a clearing for the lunch that tom he, it's i think he actually literally did like pack them a lunch <laughs> for their travels <laughs> um and there's this like this is weird stone in the middle of the clearing that they're in but it's unclear what it is it just appears to be some sort of marker mm-hmm and before long, they accidentally fall asleep. And when they come to, they've found that, I know, all <laughs> this, I mean, it should come as no surprise, right? All this food and sleeping and lethargy that yeah. they seem to do, they, they're at constant risk of <laughs> falling asleep at the wheel. When they come to, though, they find that this little clearing that they had been in during just the middle of the day, sun overhead, Fog has rolled in all around it, and they're basically boxed in, mm-hmm. and it is some spooky vibes, to say the least. Oh, yeah. They encounter a white. Yes. Which is, so that's W-I-G-H-T. You might know them from Skyrim. Um, and yes. how there's a type of Draugr called a Draugr white. And that is 100% what I was picturing during the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Is just like a Skyrim zombie. <laughs> Rewinding about a page from where you're talking about, they basically decide to go through the fog and get separated. And Frodo thinks that he sees the end of the path back onto the main road. But as he walks towards it, he see, he comes upon these enormous standing stones. You know, I, you know, for, for our Georgia listeners, just picture the Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> um, yeah, the classic Georgia Guidestone situation. Oh, yeah. So he comes upon these two standing stones rising out of the ground, um, and the like. The closer he gets to them, darkness just seems to creep in until he notices, like, not only is he all alone, but like, there's this like specter coming towards him and like calling out to him, which yeah. is the Barrow White that you brought up. It kind of just, Barrow. you know, I mean, like, I think the Bar- Barry <laughs> Barry White. Wait, <laughs> the singer? Did you say Barrow White or Baron? Ro- Baron Wright. <laughs> well, Drew, I said Barrow White. Okay, I thought you said Barrow. <laughs> this has got Sorry, me thinking about Barry White. This is what happens when you record remotely. <laughs> Seriously. But then, and this is, I don't, I don't think my notes really help me here. The next, what, what transpires next is confusing as all mm-hmm. damn get out. Yeah, I know that all of the it, hobbits are like in like silken clothes all of a sudden. The what the sense that I got from what happens next is basically this ghostly specter basically like takes hold of Frodo. He must like pass out or mm-hmm. some version of that or just come under some sort of magical incantation, but he comes to and he's just lying on this like rock slab next to the other ho- hobbits who are still like down for the count um and they're all dressed in what what 
seems to be like fairly nice clothing and they've got essentially like fancy like just gems and jewels <laughs> on them and like they're surrounded by shields and swords yeah it almost seems like there was some gonna be some kind of like sacrificial like lichification yeah <laughs> yeah I almost get the sense that the Barrow Whites are trying to turn the Hobbits into ghostly figures to mm-hmm. join their ranks or something. Oh, yeah. Like Slimer. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, oh, God, what is his name? Muncher? <laughs> I have, oh, God. P- full disclosure, I have I have not seen the new <laughs> Ghostbusters. But I remember circa two years ago or so when it was first announced and we got our first look at uh, Muncher, the new, <laughs> like, Ghoul Muncher has real like Muncher has like gritty energy, I feel like. Big time. Um shout out to um not to tip my hand too much here, but shout out to uh Matt Chrisman from Chapo Trap House. He posted an excellent meme on Twitter about <laughs> making uh a a munch coin, like a muncher <laughs> crypto kind of situation. Hey, I'm still waiting on that initial munch coin offering, but uh <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we digress. Man, if y'all haven't already noticed, we are going to go on some dang tangents on the <laughs> show, but that is just fine, especially for those of y'all who are not interested whatsoever in Lord of the Rings. We understand. Yeah. yeah. We're going to try mean, and keep also, it interesting also, why are you, you listening? But good for you for listening. <laughs> hey, may, maybe they're just trying to keep an open mind, Drew. Yeah. Who are we to say? I mean, the beauty of this show is that you can listen to it, decide Hopefully, like, just whenever you decide to pick up and, you know, just start reading from wherever we leave off, and the rest will follow. (laughs) No, you should probably just read the whole book, but, like, you could potentially do that and not be that lost. Not to get political, but (laughs) I think it bears mentioning, you know, so many people are trapped in these podcast bubbles um, (laughs) where they just won't, they'll, they'll just flat out refuse to listen to content from creators that they don't agree with and you know i think that's wrong as a a podcast moderate um i think you really should keep your ears open to to shows that you don't necessarily agree with yeah yeah too many too many people getting getting into these echo chambers yeah yeah i'm tired of these podcasts that assume that their listeners seek out podcasts about the topic (laughs) at hand (laughs) yeah (laughs) folks podcast praxis is just googling random keywords in (laughs) apple podcast until you find shows that you know nothing about why would we assume anybody's interested in lord of the rings because they're listening to this we gotta cater to those people too anyways frodo kind of like stirs and the description that tolkien uses here makes it sound almost like it's unclear to Frodo whether what he's seeing is a dream or reality. As we'll come to see, I, it sounds like he's like fully awake for what is transpiring. But essentially, he sees this kind of like ghostly hand creeping towards a sword lying at their side. Mm-hmm. He's like, Never "Oh hell, time. they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna kill us." Um, and so he actually strikes out with one of the other like daggers nearby them. Um, and hits the hand, and it kind of like there's like this kind of like I don't know whatever kind of noise a ghostly hand makes whenever you hit it. <laughs> it it's not happy is the main oh, idea that no. I was trying to get across there. But Frodo is 
worried something fierce, and so he starts crying out for uh, old Tommy B, <laughs> Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I didn't think that they were going to use this, uh, like, because he says in the previous chapter, like, yeah, just sing this song or something like that, and I'll show up and help you. I didn't think that they were going to use that so early, but it's good they did. And it's also unclear how quickly Tom Bombadil can travel, so it's good that they did it while they were relatively close to him. But, like, you know, it's just normally when a character is given that kind of tool of a, like, here's a get-out-of-jail-free card in the form of a super-powerful character offering to help you, um, seems like that comes up later most of the time, not the chapter immediately after. (laughs) At any rate, Frodo just sings this little <laughs> ditty about Tom Bombadil, and he comes yeah. bounding along. And it, the the way it's described, it, it that me actually like chuckling to myself is like it seems like they're just like in some sort of like cave or something. But it's described <laughs> like he's coming in through a trap door in the floor or something, <laughs> and just sticking his head in. Yeah, and he's like just he's not even like fighting; he's just like chastising these <laughs> spirits, and they go away basically. Yeah. What a what a guy. Yeah. I want a Tom Bombadil in my life. <laughs> oh, I noticed also um okay, so I finally realized so you, you know how we've talked about how like all of these songs that Tolkien writes, the like overall melody and like just general flow of everything does not translate when you're reading it. At least no. for me it doesn't like but I realized something that I think is part of Part of what we haven't been looking for in the past, Tolkien was an old English scholar, and old English poetry did not emphasize a rhyme in it in the same way that like modern poetry does. It emphasized alliteration mm-hmm. more. Like it, that's what a good, mm-hmm. like a well-written poem had was a lot of alliteration. So it was sounds at the beginning of the word rather than at the end of the word that like made it sound good. And there's a lot of alliteration in these songs, at least with Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I'm actually just looking at one right now, right as he's coming to their rescue in like whatever like encampment, cavern, whatever it is that the Barrow Whites mm-hmm. have transported the hobbits to. His songs are stronger songs and his mm-hmm. feet are faster. That's a oh, lot yeah. of alliteration yeah. right there. It's I see what you're saying. Get out, you old white, vanish in the sunlight. So that's some rhyme. So it's. I think he is trying to do rhyming and alliteration. Mm. Shrivel like the cold mist, like the hey, winds maybe go even wailing some out into the barren lands far beyond the mountains. This thing's littered with alliteration. <laughs> assonance. Consonance. <laughs> it just keeps coming. I, I, you know, I, honestly, like that's that's a really interesting point. I would be remiss if I didn't point out to the listener that honestly, like I think we even talked about kind of what we picture Mm -hmm. all of these sounding like. I finally landed on what the closest song (laughs) to what I'm hearing in my head is. And it's like the, it's, it's the part of, um, I think it's in (laughs) no sleep till Brooklyn by the beastie boys where it's like, like a boiling kettle that's like the 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 rhyme or like not even the rhyme scheme just like the pacing like oh tom bombadil's a merry fellow bright blue jacket is a boom like that's just in my head they are not attempting a melody which i know is incorrect based on everything i've ever encountered with the work of tolkien pattern (laughs) like yeah well and 
I, folks, I am somewhat <laughs> creative. I am not very creative. And so unless I see something pretty literally, it <laughs> is going to be very difficult for me to just decide. It almost feels wrong for me to decide how it would go without, like, talking, <laughs> like, releasing, like, an LP of all the songs I alongside it. Um, it's like, it's not even like an, an unoriginality thing. It's literally like, no, yeah. I want to be faithful to how this would have been sung by the Hobbits, but you just I, don't um, get that. My, my oh, version yes. of that is, uh, whenever I, so I, at one point tried to listen to the audiobook of the Hobbit and this is not the like good dramatized Andy Serkis version of the audiobook of the Hobbit. It was like mm. an old man reading it. And for all of the Tolkien songs in that, it was just like an old man a cappella singing these songs. And I guess just like a tune that he decided was right, as far as I can tell, at least. And so it's like, oh, Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo. And it's like, so that's just like what my brain is always reading it as. We need to acquire the rights to all of the books in the Tolkien universe and release an audiobook <laughs> recording with a barbershop quartet singing all these. But like real like impossibly drawn out, like added verses that aren't even in. Like every time a song comes up it takes like a full five to ten minutes. There's like the instrumental breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jug band you know kazoo honestly like maybe we delete this oh, this man. section of the the recording and we just keep this idea in the back pocket because i think that i think that could sell as an audiobook hey is we've like got s an audiobook that sometimes just has music <laughs> maybe we should find one of and listeners bookmark this this spot on the podcast <laughs> in case we follow up on this maybe we should find one of these songs and just like with the instruments that I've got at my place, we could try a stab at doing like a nice. acapella Let's do version of, one Tom of these. Bombadil. Just like not trying to make it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would please. Be, can we? Try. Can we at least try? <laughs> you can play the spoons. <laughs> Let's. All right. I'm gonna make. We're gonna. I'm not even gonna cut this. I'm making a note. You're, Listen, listener, you're us, just gonna have to deal with the this. silence that's about to happen. And then when we come out with an album of bluegrass, bluegrass. Lord of the Rings songs. Yeah. I, I just wrote bluegrass Lord of the Rings question mark. <laughs> Hopefully I'll know what that means. It could, with us, it could mean anything. <laughs> Truly. Um, I do think of that as kind of the vibe of the show. I'd like though, to right? think that's what we're conveying. Well, we'll, uh, Hey, we'll post on socials. If we, if we let us know our vibe, come up with anything there. That'll at least, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll put up a poll on our Instagram story. You can let us know there. But uh, get, getting back to the book, though, um, you know, hey, folks, <laughs> <laughs> I keep going off on tangents. Uh, I am not a religious <laughs> person, as has been touched on repeatedly throughout this podcast. Um, but I have been to more than my fair share of especially <laughs> Christmas services. And the thing you always hear, at least in American Christian <laughs> Christmas services, is this whole idea of like the meaning <laughs> of the season, like the the, like, ignore Frosty and the presents. We need to talk about the real reason for the season, and that's Jesus. <laughs> Every time I get off on a tangent, I'm gonna bring it back by saying, <laughs> you know, folks, 
Let's not forget the real reason for the season. <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. Anyways, anyways, I actually digress now. So Tom saves them basically. They like seemingly again just escape through some kind of like hatch in this cave that they're in. It, it's unclear, but they're all dressed in like these fancy like robes and stuff. And Sam is pissed because he just wants to wear his old <laughs> Hobbit clothes. Um, so ta- naturally, Tom Bombadil's solution is like, y'all just stri- strip naked and hang out while I go run back and get your horses. I completely missed this part. I'm starting to think this guy might just be a perv. See, this is why you have to be lucid fully for reading, Drew. You're oh, going to miss out so on all sleepy. these hidden gems. Whenever there's like an extended dream sequence know, or an extended sequence of time where they're just like hanging out, I just, I'm happy for them or I'm stressed for them, but I have a hard time really paying attention. <laughs> it's also like with this scene in particular, I was just like, it's so obvious that we're never going to come back to this scene, you know? Like, this... this. Yeah. It, Speaking of which, my version of that is anytime it's describing the landscapes that they're in in anything other than, like, passing detail. Like, there are some sections where he's describing, like, the landscape that they're gazing out upon in, like, for, for an entire, like, half page. And, like, you know, I'm like, okay, I kind of have the basic idea of the terrain... I'm just yeah. my eyes are skimming over this like description of the ex- the exact my hue brain is of just the like fog upon like the cut scenes from the Lord of the Rings movies of just like mountains and like close ups of them walking. Exactly. <laughs> what do people do when they just had books to read instead of like movies? Before to they watch even before knew what New Zealand looked like. Right in if you know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, anyways, Tom comes back with their five horses. Presumably, he goes all the way back to his place, which again brings up this question of how is this man traveling so quick? Does he have a system of underground tunnels? Has <laughs> he got like a like the Peach Pass? Is he like able to get an <laughs> HOV lane? What's he doing? But he actually brings back their five ponies oh, plus yeah. another, <laughs> his own pony, uh, appropriately named <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin. <laughs> I can I can't believe I didn't make. I can't believe I didn't make any notes about Fatty Lumpkin. There's some great character <laughs> slash horse names in this book. And a fun fact for for all of our Athenian listeners, um, Lumpkin, the street in Athens, actually named <laughs> after Fatty Lumpkin from Fellowship Whoa. of the Ring. Big if true. We're, we're Fatty Lumpkin <laughs> truthers. They, they should have just ridden Fatty Lumpkin to... Uh, into Mordor. <laughs> Huge, <laughs> enormous plot hole. Man, for, can we, I'm going to make another note for this episode. Hey, quick plug. If you like listening in the audio-only format, you need to go over to the Oliphant's Motorcycle Club YouTube where Drew actually puts the audio on top of some of his yeah. uh, Minecraft playthroughs. Doing good stuff. Super nice. Very relaxing yeah, to watch. It's... I'm a big fan. He's some kind of, you know, like one of those crazy like YouTuber, <laughs> like, like they make like thumbnails. insane, like over. Yeah. Like just like <laughs> totally out of whack, like reaction stills <laughs> of their face. Can we make one of those for this episode of like enormous <laughs> plot hole question mark? <laughs> Like a picture of a horse that's very <laughs> wide. Yeah, we'll um, do that. That so Tom decides to accompany them, you know, <laughs> galloping along on 
Fatty Lumpkin yeah. while they're on. He's the, like, y'all uh, really horses. are helpless. Thankfully, all their ponies still have all their provisions. He's like, y'all. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> leads me to question: Why isn't this man helping them from the get go? Why yeah. wasn't he just taking? He them seems like he has time to go unscathed in the first place. Seriously, especially if he's some sort of like immortal, <laughs> omniscient yeah. being of some sort. But he always falls back on this lame excuse of, "Oh, I'm only the master <laughs> of this domain. I don't, I don't have any power over this." Like, screw that, yeah, Tom Bombadil. You know what hobbits. you're doing. Help these poor hobbits out. That's what I'm saying. Well, anyways, they, they're going along. Well, no, before they set out, actually, they've they've disrobed from all these fancy garments, and thankfully, their ponies still had all of their hobbit clothes, so they changed into some different outfits. Um. And Tom actually starts looting like he's some kind of oh, like yeah. American soldier rifling through some like German soldiers' <laughs> possessions in World There's War Two. He's just going through these gems and jewels. <laughs> yeah, um, and he picks out some daggers for each of the hobbits mm-hmm. so that they can be armed moving forward, which seems like a good move considering they've been in considerable yeah. danger already. Um, but uh, a quick side note on the daggers. Tom mentioned this, mentions this sort of offhand, but these are actually daggers forged by men who would have been fighting with the Witch King of Angmar. In other words, like the main ring wraith. So, a little bit of foreshadowing here, because presumably these will be the weapons that they have when they're on Weathertop, for those of y'all familiar with the movies. But we'll 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 uh yeah. we'll address that when and we get Weathertop to Weathertop is that's like um, University of Tennessee. Yeah, you know, wish that <laughs> I was on Old Weathertop down in the uh, Baradour Hills, you know. <laughs> all right, oh, sorry, sorry, Candern. Anyways, they, they after he's armed all of them with these daggers, uh, Tom hops up on Fatty Lumpkin, um, who, and this is probably the funniest thing that I've read so far in the entire book. Um, <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin is described as being much faster than his girth <laughs> promised. And honestly, same. I, I, I would self-describe that way. <laughs> Man, I, I should probably reread these chapters. Oh. That, Drew, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> don't You don't have to take extensive notes. I'm, I'm on top of the, like, detail plot summary. Just be looking for <laughs> funny shit to talk about. Listener, if you think Drew's doing a, a piss-poor job of annotating his book as he reads, <laughs> write in. Leave that in the comments, Yeah, I honestly. mean, you can let us know. Well, anyways, our intrepid travelers, along with uh, Tom Bombadil's assistants, they finally get back to the main road. Um, you know, and, and keeping in mind, the, the entire reason they even went through the old forest and ran into Tom Bombadil and had this encounter with the Barrow Whites. They're just trying to, like, avoid detection on a well-traveled road. I'm starting to think maybe they could have just done that yeah. and saved themselves. I, I don't know about trouble, but they could have saved themselves at least three or four yeah. days worth of That's, traveling. Ain't that the truth. They just... These guys deserve a road at this point. They've been through a whole bunch. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I know. And we're only one-third of the way through the first of the three books. But they're most of the way to Mordor by now. And they've already had near-death experiences. Yeah, I think so. Like 95%. As long as they uh, have Fatty Lumpkin by their side, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of the, the books are just it's, empty uh, pages. And like, scenes of them, like, bouncing on the bed Real. together. 
that's <laughs> what we should make the episode artwork. But we're in the we're the hobbits. Real only real heads know. Yeah. <laughs> We we just we got like two pages <laughs> left in this second chapter. We let's just get through this. Tom, he he's gonna turn around. Unfortunately, taking Fatty Lumpkin with him. Um, but he says basically just travel a few miles up the road, uh, to this town Bree under Bree Hill, um, and stay at the AKA Prancing Pony. The place Inn. that they're in in um, like the second scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Boy, howdy. Yeah, this, this, he gets a long-winded. We are 130, no, 145 pages so in, and many more nothing has happened compared like. to the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. So before before they set out in earnest, Frodo just reminds them to avoid using his surname Baggins at all costs, lest they be found out. Um, I, th- I thought this was interesting. the The choice of the last name that he gives is kind of like a false name. He he gets him to call him <laughs> Mister Lova Lova. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's weird that he knew about that song, right? <laughs> uh, Tolkien actually did. Do you not know that uh, Shaggy is an alias of Tolkien? Um, <laughs> he he he. <laughs> uh, that was a dumb one. Sorry, Can you y'all. It's the end of the episode. <laughs> Yeah. No, he actually he he gets he gets the other hobbits to call him Mister mm-hmm. Underhill, not Mister Lova Lova. Sorry for <laughs> for confusing any of our listeners. Oh well, Drew, we are through chapter eight nice. in Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, we've talked a little bit about just kind of where we're at in general. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts as we wrap up here on what we've read um, up to this point? Just that I'm happy they're in a place that's pretty familiar to me again. Um, not that I've been disliking the parts that have been unfamiliar, because obviously that's like the freshest version of this story for me, is the kind that has all of this extra stuff right. that isn't in the movies. But it's nice to sort of get my bearings again. I know I'll be able to do that in Bree, where it's like kind of understand the vibe of this location with regards to the rest of the story. And so that'll be nice to like exactly be able to... Yeah, like I said, just get my bearings. And I think um, one thing, I I sort of referenced it halfway a little bit earlier, but, God, it is so tempting for me every time a new, like, character or location or, like, weapon is brought up with this, like, Tolkien universe Mm -hmm. name associated with it. It's so tempting for me to go on the Wikipedia for The Lord of the Rings and Mm -hmm. just figure out exactly what it is. But I have to remind myself, like, the people originally reading this when it would have come mm. out, what, in the 50s, mm. <laughs> um, 60s? I forget at this point. Um, they wouldn't have had that. Like, even if they were familiar with The Hobbit, like yeah. some of the characters and such that are being referenced, it's like, I, I think one one reason to kind of treat what we've been reading so far and for anyone reading along at home, um, not as like every single word is the mm. most important thing in the world, but just kind of treating it as like this very well-written stories we don't necessarily need to know about every single little detail here it really is just these kind of like these crumbs that you can kind of follow if you're really interested in having as full a picture of the the universe of the story and and the characters and their motivations yeah it is really helpful 
I'll say, like, even just having seen the movies, knowing a little bit mm-hmm. of the backstory. Um, but I have to kind of constantly remind myself not to get so bogged yeah. down in it. But, you know, the other the flip side of that is, hey, we're going to be some certifiable yeah. Tolkien scholars after we're <laughs> done with this. Put me toe-to-toe with, uh, what's his name? Old Blue Eyes, <laughs> uh, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah. Or my, my old English professor. He's the other smart Tolkien guy that I know. <laughs> All right. Well, Drew, you want to hit the people with those uh, plugs? Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps everything up. So uh, you can follow us at on Instagram at olifonts underscore MC. That's O-L-I-P-H-A-U-N-T-S underscore MC. You can also... It's also the name of the show, so you can read it yeah, there. Yeah. If you, if you don't <laughs> want to listen to somebody list a bunch of letters at you... Um, you can just look at the the artwork where it says it. Um, yeah, you can also email us um, if you have anything you want to let us know about. Um, I don't think we've checked our email at all since we've released any episodes, but you know, send us something. I Maybe have. we'll talk about it. You know, we don't really have, <laughs> as you can tell, we don't have anything to talk about. So you know, let us know. <laughs> um, but you can email us at olifontsmotorclub at gmail dot com. Uh, You can watch those Minecraft videos that Matthew was talking about on our YouTube, uh, which is also Olifon's Motorcycle Club. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Felt. And you can follow me at Mute underscore Matthew. Uh, And, yeah, that's pretty much all the plugs. Maybe we'll have a Twitter at some point soon-ish. That would make sense, right? Nah. Uh, (laughs) Why bother? Yeah. um, Five-star review. (laughs) In case you haven't been... We're begging uh, people, please. <laughs> in case you haven't uh, heard it enough this episode, that would be beneficial, I think. We don't know for sure yet, because I don't think we have any quite yet. But I, I can only That's assume true, it helps but, the show. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we it would be a huge benefit to us, because we actually both quit our jobs six months ago, before we even yeah. had the idea for the podcast. Yeah. Just, we, with the, we just bought assuming that we would make it big. We bought studio space on credit cards that we do not have the money to pay off. <laughs> I got a second mortgage on my home. <laughs> yeah, so folks, you know, we are begging. Anything you can do to help. Us. We're we're wearing barrels with suspenders right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is dire straits. <laughs> that said, we do have some really nice equipment. Yeah, you know, so you know. Only good stuff can happen from here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the the saying about spending too much money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All righty, y'all. We'll hit you next week. Um, Unless some fancy guest pops up on our radar, we'll be going over chapters 9 and 10 in uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. So I'm going to read those tonight so that... It is not fresh at all in my mind when we record like two weeks from now, probably. (laughs) Sound good? Sound good. All right. (laughs) 